learning how to surrender and integrating more being, less doing is really understanding that it's not linear. And I learned that through healing. For some of the most pivotal years of my life, tears were tucked back and hidden behind a masquerade of being tough. Being a warrior, someone who could hustle, work hard, and get things done. But it wasn't until I started to get more in tune with who I really am that things took off in my business. Welcome to I Might Cry, a podcast exploring how heart, mind, body, and spirit are all deeply woven into the way we do business. With guest interviews from experts in business strategy, therapy, emotional intelligence, the human body, and so much more. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marks of Almond Leaf Studios. I've been capturing luxury weddings around the globe for decades and now have the privilege of educating others on how to build and grow profitable business, doing what they love. I'm on a journey of self-discovery, of becoming more of the uniquely beautiful, messy, and complex human that I was created to be. And I want to invite you to do the same. Join me on this adventure of uncovering the walls we've built that keep us stuck in patterns of limitation so that we can journey into living life with arms and hearts wide open. Let's venture into this together. I'm so excited to have you today, Jess. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I have admired you from afar for a little while, and it's really fun to get to connect and like just have a conversation. And I think maybe it'd be really fun to begin with. Just tell us a little more about who you are and what your journey has been like getting to what your business looks like today and what your days every day looks like today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. I've also admired you from afar. <laughs> what I do... Well, my name is Jessica Locke, and I'm a holistic wellness coach. I help busy professionals, usually people who've burnt out, to realign, recalibrate themselves, and find ease and alignment to create a life that they love. I just started a podcast called Whole and Unleashed, where it's stories about people coming home to themselves. And planning to launch a program soon where it's basically all the lessons I've learned and package it together and see if I can guide people back to their centers and getting more in tune with their inner alignment and listen to what they really want instead of what everybody else is telling them. Yeah, I love that. I love you used a phrase coming back to yourself. Can you just kind of expand on that just for a minute? What do you mean when you say that? Mm, well, I'm trying to think of a, <laughs> a perfect place to start. But I think, you know, our journey as we grow and heal and expand can lead us everywhere. And sometimes it pulls us out of our center, mm. which is what do we want and not what we think we should want. And my journey in the past couple of years has been really, I quit my full-time corporate job in advertising. I wanted to design and save the world. And then I realized I still want to serve, but it didn't feel aligned to what my skills were. I was feeling drained all the time and going through burnout was like a weekly thing. I was getting sick and burnout all the time. So as I quit my job and just kind of take the leave of what do I want, I realized it's not that what I want was away from me. It's always been within. I just had to learn how to quiet the noises and connect to that part. So that's what 
coming home to myself means for me. Yeah, that's beautiful. How have you managed to do that? Have you found some like specific tools or skills or practices that have helped you? Because it from my journey and the little bit of awareness I have about that as well, it really is an ongoing battle because it's like the world there's just so much noise all the time. And it takes for me so much intentionality to continue to like, okay, like let's get back to, you know, who I truly am. What am I even really feeling? And having that emotional awareness, you know, all of this takes a a lot of intentionality and daily practices. Like sometimes it's like little tiny, small choices. So I'm just curious for you, what do those choices look like? What is your, what are your daily habits and how do they, how do they, foster that kind of a lifestyle that you are able to live. Yeah. I love how you mentioned it's a practice because you go for me, I go from knowing to practicing and wanting for the practice workout. So when I quit my job, a yoga training that I had booked the year before, I wasn't planned. So I quit my job right on a certain date and the yoga training was like a, a month later. So I learned a lot about how I was moving in my body and how much tension I hold because even in in a yoga session, it's not about that one hour of ease you get in a practice. It's about how you are throughout the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. And I had been in an industry that pushed and shoved and everything was due yesterday. It was all about the hustle. So I learned about ease and I learned to soften, but putting into practice, it's so hard and it's been close to four years. And I can say that I'm so much better at allowing that. And some of the tools I use were meditation, but then I would get too angsty. And I think a lot of the things people don't talk about after burnout is that there's a healing process. Just because you learn that you need to slow down, that you need to rest, it doesn't mean it will click because there's so much conditioning that went into how you got there in the first place. Yeah. So a lot of like, inner work and understanding and allowing myself to, you know what, maybe I'm going to burn out again, but it's not my fault because there was a lot of guilt and even shame into it, especially being in the wellness industry where everybody's green juices and you meditate and you're you're happy. And I realized that was also a messaging that I was getting and I didn't want to be a part of because you can have all the green juices, you can do all the meditation, do everything perfect in quotations and still have really crappy days have days where you feel down and stressed out and that's completely fine those tools are supposed to help you find your way back to yourself but it doesn't mean you don't feel anything I think the dangerous thing is thinking that you wouldn't feel the uncomfortable emotion I don't know if I answer your question yes no I got chills I love that so much because I have just really been exploring like how do those you said it perfectly the uncomfortable emotions because they're not bad and want to be careful to not ascribe a value of good or bad to certain emotions or certain experiences, but those uncomfortable ones that maybe we're not as familiar with, or maybe, you know, we don't like how we look when we feel those things, yeah. you know, when I'm not a prettier, pretty crier and I cry a lot these days, <laughs> the discomfort of that has really been a, a journey for me. And so I like what you're saying about like, the goal is not to eradicate those uncomfortable feelings. It is to learn how to welcome them and use them and understand them as a really as a guide for like what's going on. And I I'm loving the way that you're even talking about, like you're saying you understood what it was going to take up here mentally. Like you could see that you were like, my brain got it. And then moving (laughs) that into the body and into my daily experience is just such a different thing. Yeah. And having a lot of 
grace and compassion for when you, you know, you know that you shouldn't have been doing whatever the thing that led you to feeling crappy, but also knowing it's okay, I'm going to learn it next time because you are not going to learn it the first time. And especially for me, emotions wise, I have to really give credit to my therapist because I started seeing her just because my naturopath was like, it looks like your body is holding a lot of stress. So even three years after I quit my career and I was doing my own thing, freelancing, just I felt so happy. But she's like, your body is stressed. It's like it never learned how to turn off. Because I was carrying the very similar mentality of do, do, do. I got to accomplish my dreams. Like even now that I'm not working for someone, I got to accomplish my dreams. And it's a mix of excitement, but also that energy of having to do that I wasn't allowing. So when she recommended me to my therapist and my therapist was like, you're a very happy person and all that. But what about, you know, allow yourself to feel and I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I bottled <laughs> up all my, yeah, you feel, I mean, yeah, I feel happy. Yeah. What about sad? I know it's sad, but I know that I shouldn't be sad because so my mind was always trying to logic my way out of those sad or uncomfortable emotions. Mm -hmm. And it worked when I was growing up. It worked like it protected me. So I don't see that as something bad, but I just didn't know when to stop. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I guess when I started dating my husband where he was like, tell me, how, how are you? And I was like, I'm great. No, how are you? I'm like, nobody's ever asked that before and I realized before I dived into really digging into how I was as a kid I was really really sensitive I would cry watching like Bambi they would tell me about Bambi and I would cry and my parents like you're too sensitive or you shouldn't cry same thing you're you're totally (laughs) (laughs) so I really dialed it down to a point now that I look back I became numb so I would watch like really sad movies and I know it's sad but I wouldn't feel anything Mm. and I was like oh okay it's sad and it, it felt weird because I would see people that would get emotional about things I'm like oh okay and then once I started I guess getting back to my own journey of feeling of understanding doing the self-work it's opened up a gate where now I can just cry just thinking about something I'm able to assess those emotions that were deemed uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and feel it and let it come out of my body I think I was repressing that a lot so it manifested as different health imbalances yeah totally I think you and I have so much in common with our journeys with that. You know, that's a huge part of why I wanted to even start this podcast is because I, I want to explore welcoming like all of those emotions. And, um, so much of my story too was the same. Like I, I have a whole chunk of my life that I can, you know, like I should probably name it <laughs> like this, is like that season of life. Yeah. I did. I just like shut down emotions like altogether because I was just tired of hearing that you're too sensitive. You're, you care too much. You know, you feel too deep. You, yeah. it was always too something. And so I reacted to that and I created these walls and these boundaries and, and out of that, like really wasn't living my truest self, you know, wasn't, yeah, I wasn't stepping into each day, like with just total openness. And, and the, the sad part of that is that like, man, I kind of feel sad now. Like the world misses out on who we're meant to be and and all the good and the beauty and the crazy and all the mess, like everything that we're meant to be, that we're all created so unique and so beautifully, imperfectly human, you know? And yes, 
God, what a crazy difference this world would have if all of us were able to just like step into that vulnerability and learn how to lean into that and to have compassion for ourselves. It's just, I think the world would be a very different place. And so I commend you on doing that hard work too. And I know it's not an easy journey. And I'm so grateful that you already have because I've just been able to enjoy getting to see this version of you and getting to you know witness how you move throughout that. One thing comes to mind for me when you were talking about that experience, you were saying it wasn't until your husband, um, until you guys were dating and you you got into this like very intimate relationship. And this, this awareness is like coming to my mind about that part of your story where I'm like, yeah, because you finally had a safe space. You finally yes. had this place where you could be seen and known and loved and invited into the fullness of who you are without feeling like that love would be conditional. And so I'd love to hear a little more of that experience for you. And maybe even like how, you know, if, if we're somebody who's listening is not in a relationship a romantic relationship, like how can we foster that kind of environment, even for ourselves, like our own relationship with ourselves to be completely seen and known and loved unconditionally. Mm. You put it so beautifully and eloquently. (laughs) I think Exactly like you said, because I was seen and I was held in a safe space. And it's funny because growing up, I was that safe space for everyone else Mm. but myself. Like my mom, she would say, you're my only family. I can tell you everything. And, you know, when it's your mother, it creates a bit of an imbalance. But I get why she had to do it because she didn't move to a foreign country. She left her family behind to be with my dad. So I understand why she put all that weight on me. And I just naturally started getting into that role and with all my friends and I love them but it was always about them and it was you know how when you're a kid and a teenager everything is so dramatic so you know they talk about their problems so I've always been the listener that I had to have space for myself and that's why I think one of the stories I attach myself to was I'm an introvert I can take care of myself I'm independent nobody can take care of me better than myself because nobody really did and Getting into a relationship with my husband, he was so willing to hold that safe space. And also my sister, because my sister, she's five years younger. We grew up in Peru and we we moved to Canada for a couple of years. Terrorism was really bad. And then we moved back. So my first maybe 10 years of my life, we moved around a lot. My sister, she went to school by the time we already settled in Peru. So she is full Latina. (laughs) And something about that where she's like tell me about you tell me how you're doing she's very affectionate my family isn't like even now if I go and hug my mom it might be like what happened (laughs) you know (laughs) that was (laughs) yeah what's wrong with you (laughs) so my sister as she grew up and we were older and we can talk about these things she would also tell me tell me about your day and I was like oh I I did this I did that like I didn't even know how to hold space for myself Mm -hmm. and I think it really helped to have someone support you and even though that helped me strengthen my interconnection to myself sometimes you need this outer support and perception because you can also spiral Mm -hmm. as much as I don't mind being in my own head I know I can go to so many places and talking and leaning to each other is also empowering because I was always a helper. I'm like, I can help people. I know how to help people, but I'm not sure if they can help me. That's, it might be my ego, my pride getting into the way and allowing that help, which I, I've learned a lot, like last year and this year is healing for both the helper and the, the one being helped. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, I'm really curious to hear more just about that process for you of transitioning from a corporate job and into something that was more coming out of your own passion. And I know you do a lot just from stalking you on your website. I know you do a lot of yoga and just a lot of really exploring like mindfulness. So can you share a little bit maybe just about what was that transition like? I know a lot of people envy that and long for that, like long to make that kind of a leap, you know, from something, a job, maybe a career that they feel like they're really good at. Maybe it's their like zone of excellence, but it's not actually their zone of genius. Then maybe they are longing to pursue something, but they're terrified to do that. Can you just, I don't know, I'm curious to hear what that was like for you. You know how your body, your mind knows when you're not where you're supposed to be. It might start as a whisper. It might start as like, oh, you know, and you might numb with going out with friends, watching Netflix. So there's always some, you know, in the back of your mind. So when that started for me, maybe I was in the industry for not even that long, five years. And I think around first, second year, I know there was something more. And I started exploring health and wellness because in university, I pushed myself to the edge and I got very sick and I was getting horrible heartburn. And I went to the doctor, they told me, well, your solution is to take this pill, which is $80 for the rest of your life every month for this prescription of pills. And that didn't make sense for me. I'm like, what about what I'm eating? What about, and I wasn't mindful about diet at that point. I didn't learn that much about it. My diet was like coffee, grapefruit in the mornings, which is not a very good combination when your stomach acidity is already very high from stress, (laughs) which I learned later. So that was the turning point for me where it doesn't make sense to not make any lifestyle changes and just rely on a drug. And I'm also a student that just graduated, so I can't afford that pill. (laughs) So that's when my health and wellness journey started. And as I grew in my corporate career, I realized a lot of people were getting sick and burning out. And in the same way, like no dietary changes and not looking at a holistic picture of their life and what they're doing. Yeah. So I, like I shared earlier, you can be doing all the right things in the outside, eating healthy, meditating, but if you're not aligned within, then that's kind of the foundation. Everything will fall apart. So when I went from acknowledging that inner voice telling me that you have to get out of this place or you're meant for something. It was terrifying. It was it was the most daunting thing. And I wasn't courageous enough to step out. I think I, I took a business class online just to prepare for the move. And I thought I can plan it all out and maybe give myself a couple of years. My body started telling me I started getting really bad insomnia. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't work or function. And it just felt like work was squeezing every ounce of juice left inside of me and I was becoming snappier I'm not a snappy person I'm usually very cheerful and I like to have fun and the funny thing is even when I was in my zone of excellence at that work I was good at it you know when you're good at something and you know you have to walk away from it and when the money is good it's almost like what are you doing and society will condemn you for it but I talked to a friend and they're like well you're in golden handcuffs because you're getting a lot of money. That's your gold <laughs> and diamonds, but you're not happy. And that alone with my journey, I was like, okay, I have to get out of it. So I surrendered and I just put my resignation and I was basically telling the universe, I don't know what's happening. I just know I need to take care of my health. Yeah. I saved enough so that for a couple of months, if I did nothing, I wouldn't, <laughs> I would still be able to pay my bills. And even in that, 
if I had to apply for any kind of other job. Like I didn't mind being a barista or a waitress. Like I love connecting to people. So that could be an alternative. That was my transition. But I think with the realization where kind of the tension builds up and then surrendering Mm -hmm. and just listening. And I think going from all that doing to listening, which is scary, but taking it one step at a time. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I don't know who said it recently and it might've even been you. I don't remember who, where I heard this, but somebody gave the analogy of how the universe or God or divine kind of offers this whisper, you know, like when something is off and you're not truly aligned and you're not, you know, living within that kind of rooted, grounded, you know, core version of who you are and who you're meant to be. And something feels off that it begins with a whisper and you can kind of learn to lean in and pay attention to that whisper and actually begin to acknowledge it and make changes at the whisper phase. But it's almost like a toddler. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so true for me because my kids are in that season of life, you know? And it's true. Like, I can't tell you the number of times that my daughter has been like, mommy, mommy, and I'm in the middle of something else. I'm not focusing on her. You know, I'm tuning her out and I'm not proud of that, but you know, I'm tuning her out and I'm trying to stay focused on whatever it is that I'm doing. I might be washing dishes or I might be trying to answer an email or whatever. But in these moments that she just will continue to get louder and louder and louder (laughs) and louder. And the next thing you know, she is full on throwing a tantrum. Like she is screaming and freaking out and losing her mind. And it's so easy to, from a parent perspective, look at her and go, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you losing your mind? Like, stop and be really, I mean, that's very shame inducing kind of language, but that is the ego within me wants to do that. Wants to respond and like, it's all you, it's all your fault. And not to acknowledge like, maybe I actually just should have listened to the the whisper the first time she asked and dropped what I was doing. And I don't know, I think it's a, first of all, not my proudest kind of experience of parenthood, but just real life, that's just how it goes. And the other side of that is like, well, just as we're moving throughout the world, when we get those whispers of like, Hey, something's a little off, you know, maybe you should spend a little time exploring like what is off? Why am I experiencing that? And I wonder sometimes if it just continues to build and build and build and the like tantrum version of that ends up our body starts to just shut down because our body our body is so connected to mind and heart and spirit that you can't disconnect them. So even when we think we are, we're like, oh, whatever, it's fine. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. And I ignore these kind of whispers, even as they get louder, that our bodies start to just shut down. And so that is just so interesting to me that that you kind of lived that. You lived, you know, your body starting to really have some problems and to your body begin kind of throwing a temper tantrum yeah. towards you like, hey, you're not listening. Like this needs to happen. Something needs to change. Um, and I'm so grateful for that, right? Because usually yeah. when we look at illnesses and imbalances, we see it as a problem. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong with us. And that's the story I also grew up with because I grew up getting sick a lot very easily. And I was talking to a friend. I was telling her how, yeah, I was a very weak kid. And she told me, you know, that, that language just you know, I would never say that to my kids. Like, don't say it to yourself because you were not in control of your circumstances. You might be reacting to the stress around you or you're not weak. Basically the way she turned it around. And I was like, that's so true. That's the story I held on to. And even when I got sick and out of balance and I got my wellness certificate, I was like, I felt like an imposter because I was still getting sick. 
or insomnia. I'm like, I'm doing all the right thing, (laughs) you know, in quotations always, because it's never right when you're not listening to your body. And it's a practice that takes a lot of time cultivating. And maybe you can catch yourself towards the end of a flare up or whatever. Maybe you can catch yourself at the beginning, but the more you practice, the easier you'll notice when it's starting to whisper. And I think a lot of people get stressed out because they don't notice it right away or soon enough, but mm-hmm. it's a practice and having being very compassionate and how long your process is, it's never going to stop. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I can really relate to that. And I think even this year, like if I look at a year ago today, like I can see that difference, like the, the levels and the times that we would experience stress, you know, and how I'm able, like that stress still happens and those things still come in and out of our daily lives. But my response is so different. And it's because I do feel like I am trying to be very conscious of those kind of beginning steps when things start to, you know, I want to say unravel is the word that's coming to mind. And I don't know if I really mean to use that or not, but you know, they start to kind of like unravel and my, you know, that spiraling of like my brain can just get into this space where it's just not helpful. And so to be more conscious of like, Hey, whoa, we just took a baby step in that direction. And actually let's explore that. Let's feel that feeling. And then let's invite the truth into it that we are safe. I am loved. Have you heard of tapping? I've heard of it, but I've never put it into practice. So my therapist taught me about this one time where she was saying like, when you're stressed, the idea, you can Google it and look it up. It's really fascinating, but you're actually like retraining neural pathways in your brain when there's condition, like there's patterns that have happened because of past experiences. So it could be stress or trauma or just any kind of life experience. And so you'd actually tap your body in like these different places, like on your chest, above your eyebrow, above your lip, like just like kind of a whole process where you tap and you say, even though I'm feeling whatever it is that you're feeling, and then you respond with whatever comes to mind. Like I know that it's going to work out where I know that I'm safe or I know that I'm loved or, you know, whatever it might be. It's just a fascinating process. And I've done it a couple of times with her and it's just been like my body physically changes. Like I feel release and I feel relaxed and it's just fascinating to me. The, The science behind some of what we're talking about, where I think, especially as we move into a health and wellness space or a mindset kind of focused arena often it can just feel really like woo and really kind of out there and crazy. (laughs) And so it's really fascinating to me that there is actually so much science behind some of this stuff, you know, that that our bodies actually physically change when we come into alignment. Yeah. And it's fascinating because you did mention like how people think it's kind of like this woo-like aspect, but it's not. We are more than our minds. And one thing I really want to share with my clients, I'm looking forward to it, is body wisdom. Bring your body along for the ride only because from past experience I've neglected my body so much trying to achieve and accomplish and right now we can do everything on a computer and laptop so you can pursue your dreams just from your laptop using your mind but you are also your body and just bring it along for the ride sometimes you might feel lazy or tired because you've been on the computer all day but maybe what you need precisely is to move so that you can move that energy because otherwise even the excitement energy can get stuck And if we don't process that, like let our body just, you know, process the excitement, process the stress. If we don't let ourselves do that, it gets stuck. And then eventually something's achy or something's flaring up or something, you know, a cold here and there. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. I'm picturing times in my life where I'm like, 
man, I don't know what's going on. Like everything was great and we had a great day. And I just am like all of a sudden feeling stressed or anxious at the end of the day. And I'm like, what is going on? I think I need to go for a walk or go for a jog or something. And I do Your and body's everything telling you. changes, you know, yes. like my whole, it's like, I could like see the trajectory of that day, like crashing and plummeting and my, my patients being short with my children and just being irritable and, you know, or I can choose to go on a walk and, you know, kind of work out some of that energy. And then I'm like, just such a different human. Yeah. It's like an, an internal shift because everything is still the same. Yeah. You still have the same to-do list. Yeah, totally. But and all the your things that have already with... happened are still the same too. You know, exactly. Too. Yeah. I'm interrupting this episode briefly to invite you to join me for my digital at-home workshop to help you uncover limiting beliefs that hold you back from achieving your dreams. To access it, go to almondleafstudios.com forward slash limiting beliefs light a candle, grab a pen, get cozy with the printable workbook and a 40-minute workshop that will help invite you to take a look at the ways that your subconscious beliefs might be hindering the goals you have in your business. Again, go to almondleafstudios.com forward slash limiting beliefs to get your free access today. Now back to the show. I want to play a clip, a recording. I don't, I've never done this before, but I want to play a clip of recording. We, the first time that we hung out really was in a group setting with a couple other people all starting podcasts together. And we recorded it just as a reference. And you said some of the most eloquent words and I listened back to it later and I was so moved by it. So I want to just play it. I did not warn you that this is happening. Um, so I want to play it for you. I know you don't know what's coming. And then maybe we can kind of chat about it and respond to that. Is that okay? Yeah. Awesome. You know, the first episode of my podcast, when I was done, I sobbed. Like Mm -hmm. I was by myself and I felt this emotion because I felt it was healing in a way. I haven't used my voice like that. And I've always wanted to, but I was holding myself back because I was Mm -hmm. too loud as a kid, too hyper. And like all those things. And doing that episode, just being able to interview someone, even though I wasn't speaking by myself, that was healing because it was towards the direction of where I want to go more of. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize I was holding myself back for so many years. And <laughs> I think when we do this in business, it demands us to be vulnerable. It demands us to integrate the feminine, the masculine side, even though it's terrifying. But when we heal ourselves, we can also like ripple that through others. And even you sharing your journey, Elizabeth, it's like so moving to us to see everything you're going through and it's terrifying there's so much courage in you and when you're ready to you know share all and like shed all we'll be here (laughs) I said that (laughs) yeah I thought it was so good so thank you for sharing that one of the things that really struck me about that is that you were talking about the kind of idea that like we're moving in the direction and it just made me kind of like take a moment back and recognize again, like again, that continual reminder of like, I'm on this journey and maybe it's not about some destination and maybe all the conditioning within me of like, well, I have to achieve that goal or I have to arrive at this place or I need to, you know, my life needs to look like this. Like what if instead we acknowledge that it's part of the journey and that we're moving and we, we applaud and appreciate and acknowledge the movement forward that is happening every single day and that it doesn't need to be like, oh, well, we didn't hit that goal in the time frame that we wanted. And so therefore we need to shame ourselves and we need to guilt ourselves about that. But instead, what if we took more time and attention and energy to actually applaud 
like, Hey, I, I moved forward today, you know, like even if it was a tiny baby step and I wanted to, you know, accomplish a, a whole marathon, like I, I still moved forward and that is worth acknowledging. And that is worth applauding and appreciating and celebrating. And I think so often we get all of this energy and we're so good at putting our energy into the bad, the hard, the, the shameful parts of like shaming ourselves of, I didn't do this. I didn't accomplish that. I, I wanted to do this and I didn't make that happen. And I don't know. I just feel all of this, like, I need to start appreciating the good, even if they're small, even if it doesn't look like I thought it would, but what can I really give attention to in my life of that, that movement is happening forward. Progress is being made. And we won't say forward progress. I'm like, I don't even know if it's linear. Like maybe it's not even forward. It's not not linear. (laughs) Movement is happening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I just, yeah, that part especially really stuck out to me. And I just wanted to say thank you for, for that. Thank you for sharing. I've never, it's weird hearing myself talk, (laughs) even though I have a podcast, but I try to skip the parts because I'm like, oh, this is how I sound like. Let's just edit the eloquent parts. Um, (laughs) But it's so true. Like, part of my learning how to surrender and integrating more being less doing is really understanding that it's not linear. And I learned that through healing, any kind of healing, you think I'm doing again, in quotations, the right thing. So I should be just getting better. It should be an incline, Mm -hmm. but it's not. Your body might need to release something extra. And it seems like you went into a dip and then you can get into that dark space which where I've been like I thought I was doing all the right things why am I still in this dark place why is my body so out of balance and all of it instead of this is still part of the process you are still moving forward you're still you know remember how you started to how where you are now and I think we like to look ahead and keep you know look at the mountain and feel like there's so much we haven't done but if you look back you're in the middle of the mountain look at how far you climbed up but we don't focus on that maybe because of how we're conditioned to chase our goals to plan to do 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 mm-hmm. and it just gets to a point where it's not sustainable and it wears you because i don't think we're meant to come to this earth and just do and accomplish And yes, sometimes you get to create things and you get to heal ancestral trauma, whatever that has been built up, but that's not your only purpose. Mm -hmm. And the more I talk to people, the more that, you know, because it's easy to get into that healing narrative and just focus about healing, healing. And as beautiful as it is, there is so much more. Mm -hmm. There's the other side where you're being, where, you know, a moment with your daughter and then noticing something, even that can be so magical if we allow ourselves to be in the moment. And it's so hard. Again, it takes practice to turn off all that noise because we're constantly surrounding. Sometimes I have to tell myself, put your phone away. As cool and as much as you're learning from all these people, put it away so that your mind can tell you whatever it's feeling right now. I love that. You actually uh, took some of the words right out of my mouth. I was going to talk about, I actually had, as you were sharing, I had this like, almost like a vision of like, just totally arms wide open, like laying out sun shining on your body, just in a field, just surrender, you know, just truly like surrendering and just like soaking up like creation and the warmth and just being present. Like, I, I don't know about you and about everybody listening, but so much of my life I have spent either in the future or in the past. And I'm learning 
like just how beautiful and how rich and how deep it is to just be present and how challenging too, because it's a muscle that I've not been using for so many years. So it's a challenging muscle to use right now, but I I have to believe that that part will get easier too. And I think when you said something, um, when we were talking about living in the present and just, you know, being a human being, like learning how to just be and not to just do, I pictured my daughter, you know, I pictured her and I just thought like, my heart would absolutely break if she felt like she was only worth what she was able to do. Mm. I love her and I enjoy her and I delight in her because of who she is, not because of what she does. You know, I just think she's the most magical little human and it has nothing to do with what she does. Nothing at all. It's just because she's here and it's just because she's her and how beautiful for us to learn to walk through the world, walk through our lifetime soaking in that and going, I, I have worth and I have value and I can be enjoyed and, and to enjoy just simply because I am not because of what I do, but because of, because I am. Mm. That is such a beautiful reminder for all of us. We all have our journeys of self-worth. Mine was definitely in the doing because I thought I had to accomplish and it was never enough. (laughs) There's a joke in the Asian community with your Asian parents. They're never proud of you. It doesn't matter if you're, (laughs) you know, the most famous person in the world. They're they're always going to find someone else who does it better than you and compare Mm -hmm. it. But they show their love in different ways. And the fact, those words that were meant for your daughter and you shared it with us, it hit something in me. It's it's healing to just be and love. And I know that, my parents love me just for being, even though it doesn't feel that way. (laughs) I can feel it if I don't let my mind kind of try to override it. I can feel it in my body. Yeah, absolutely. You said one other thing that I want to talk about before we close, just you've mentioned kind of ease and you know that you had lived so much of your journey in this kind of hustle mentality. And I feel like I just have so much curiosity around other people's experiences <laughs> with this because I know what I've been going through and how the word that's coming to mind is fight, how hard I've been fighting to do this. And I'm like, no, I don't even want to use the word fight, but it is a yeah. challenge to lean into allowing allowing business and allowing my entire life to come from a place of ease Mm -hmm. and flow, that has been a challenge. And it's because it is so deeply rooted in me that I need to work hard to deserve the results that I want, to deserve the success that I want. And that it can't come from a place of ease or flow because then I wouldn't deserve it. And I think so much of that is cultural. I really, really do. I, you know, I think probably some of it is generational too, that, you know, so my parents have handed that down to me and my, the generations before them. But I also think we live in a culture, it's a, it's a patriarchal culture where it is, you know, this kind of masculine energy of moving forward. And I, I think, you know, at the beginning you mentioned, or maybe it was in the recording that you mentioned this integration of the masculine and the feminine energies within us. And I think it's so easy to go, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do the hustle mentality anymore. So I'm going to lean super hard and heavy into this ease and flow and into this more, I would say, even like a a feminine energy, you know, of more fluid, more flexible, less do, do, do. And maybe some would disagree with that. David, my own husband might disagree with that. (laughs) Um, But I I think of it that way, like a feminine and a masculine energy. And so I, I love the way you've talked about integrating those even too, 
And maybe you could share a little bit more of your own experience of that and what you mean by that. One thing I want to say is that ease is not easy. Yeah, that's true. I think we, when we hear ease, it's like, okay, just relax and everything will come. That's not how it works. Integrating the masculine and the feminine. And it's something that I'm still learning a lot more about, but based on my own experience is there is a time to do things. There is cycles and there is a time to relax and trust in the flow. And it's just this continuous dance of letting one maybe take over a little bit more and then let the other one take. Mm. But getting into that sweet spot is a lot of practice, especially if you lean onto one side more than the other side. Because some people might be super feminine where they're like, yes, let things come to us. And they don't do. You need that energy, like that masculine energy. If you want to create something in the world, you have to put something in there, not just wish for it. And I think even with a lot of the wellness industry and manifestation, some things that get misinterpreted, <laughs> misinterpreted, <laughs> I cannot say that word. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to yes. say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, they think that it's you wishing for something and then seeing it it's kind of like an offering. You have to do that work. It's an energy, right? So you have to put that out there and then know when to surrender. Again, that's tuning into your own inner wisdom and know, am I pushing or is this like an energy that's trying to take me forward? Mm. So, so much of all these practices is getting to know yourself. Mm -hmm. There is no perfect. Every time you're trying, you're already ahead because you're trying. No goal in mind. Well, have some goals, but don't be so attached to them that you're not open to what the universe can offer you. Because the goals I had for myself when I quit my career and all that has been so much more smaller than I anticipated. I wanted to hit that number, I wanted to do that, and it felt, you know, okay. But I didn't take into account how much I would grow in the process and what I would learn. And being open to change your path doesn't mean you're indecisive, but it just means you're honoring your growth. And knowing when it's time to step out of something. Oh my gosh, you're just full of little nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> I'm just so grateful for you. <laughs> oh, I and one of the coaching calls recently, there was somebody, I can't even remember who it was, but somebody talked about they kind of pictured this tree. And they said that they had this realization that the tree can only span so high as the roots are deep. And I know that's not true of every type of tree. There are like, I know redwoods are not like that. And there's others that maybe that's not true for. But in general, when you look at nature and we kind of lean towards the, I'm looking outside the tree right in front of my window. Um, <laughs> when, we, when we look at nature and the lessons that we can learn from creation, from nature, you know, when I look at like how tall a tree is, I remember even as a little girl, like just kind of staring at it and going, how is that possible for their roots to go that deep? Like trying to imagine it and trying to picture it. So the beauty that that comes to mind it for me with that analogy of a tree is that there are seasons, I think, where our roots need to dig a lot deeper. And it's just a season of allowing growth to, and expansion to happen, but it's not visible outwardly. It's happening beneath the surface and it's extending down deeper. And so there's times too, where I think we see somebody and it's like, we watch that growth spurt happen outwardly. And we're like, Whoa, what just happened? But we don't see all of the deep, deep, deep work that's been happening for probably months or years 
prior to that, where their roots have been deepening and going super, super deep into the soil and expanding further to be able to support the weight of that new growth. And for me, that analogy has just been so powerful. And the way you were just talking, you just brought that back to mind again, where I was just thinking like, yeah, we need to allow again, that compassion and that grace, like for ourselves of, you know, maybe it's okay for it to be a season where, you know, you didn't hit the certain number or the certain goal or, you know, whatever that is it, but the applause and the appreciation for like that internal, like the healing that's happening, the roots getting so much deeper, the expansion that's happening, you know, or undoing some of those limiting beliefs that maybe have been handed to you for generations, like breaking some of that is so powerful and so moving. So yeah, thank you for, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for all of your time hanging out with us today. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor. To follow Jess, listen to her podcast, or find out more about her, go to wholeandunleashed.com or find her on Instagram at wholeandunleashed. If you enjoyed this podcast today, do us a favor and hit subscribe and then leave us a review. In fact, to celebrate the launch of this podcast, we're doing a giveaway of $100 via Venmo for one lucky reviewer each month for the first three months. All you have to do is leave a review and be sure to drop your Instagram handle in the review so we know how to get in touch. If you're looking for more, you can find us at almondleafstudios.com or on Instagram at almondleaf. Remember, you are enough. You are love, you are light, and you are worthy simply because you exist.